Welcome to the How Did They Do It Real Estate Podcast. Have you ever wondered how people succeed in real estate and what steps they took to get there? If so, this podcast is for you. Your hosts, Sayla and Eileen Prack, interview top experts in the real estate community to share with you their real estate journey and how they achieved massive success. Our goal is to provide you with valuable real estate resources and to help you apply it to your own real estate goals. Syndication Pro is a software company that helps real estate firms raise more capital and spend less time doing it. Currently, real estate sponsors manage billions using Syndication Pro's robust and easy-to-use investor CRM, investor portal, and investment management software. Learn more, book a demo, or set up a free trial at syndicationpro.com. Thank you, everyone, for joining today's episode of the How Did They Do It Real Estate Podcast. We are your hosts, Sayla and Eileen, and today's guest, we have Jacob Blackett. Jacob began his real estate career in 2010, starting with fix and flips to buying and holding a single-family home to multifamily syndications. Since then, Jacob founded Holdfolio in 2014 and Syndication Pro in 2018. Today, he manages over 1,200 multifamily units and has placed over $40 million into income-producing real estate. Very happy to have you here today, Jacob. Welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you very much. I'm looking forward to catching up with you guys and seeing if there's any any good pieces of advice or any learnings that we could get out of the call. Definitely. Thank you so much. So can you start off by telling the listeners a little bit more about your background and just how you got started in real estate? Yeah, sure. So I was born and raised in Reno, Nevada. And uh, I actually stayed local. I went to the local university there in Reno, the University of Nevada. I really, when I graduated high school, going into college, this was in 2008, I remember thinking my biggest goal in life at that moment was to be able to just simply move out of my parents' house and kind of just pay my own way through college. I thought that that was was like what I was gunning for. And so when I turned 18 in in June of 2008, I went out and got a job at Walmart Distribution Center. So I I remember very close to my birthday that you were required to be 18 to apply to that position. So I, I applied very soon thereafter ended up starting. The reason I wanted to work at that Walmart distribution center is because it was kind of out of town. The wages were actually really good. So I was, I was earning about $20 an hour, uh, maybe a little, little bit more than that even. But to top it all off, they had this shift that was Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. So it's three days. And, and I thought that would be really nice to kind of just get the work, work during those three days and then have the rest of the week for for college classes and, and just trying to enjoy that experience. And so, so that was, that was what I started out with at college. I had that, I, I moved out and, and kind of fulfilled my, fulfilled my goals. And it was during my freshman year of college that I saw an infomercial about fixing and flipping real estate. And, and so up until that point, quite honestly, I'd never thought about real estate. I never met anyone who was working in real estate. It was pretty foreign to me. And actually at the university, I was studying finance. I was, I was a business major. I was thinking about finance and accounting. And 
there was there was nothing about real estate. So no course offerings. And so I saw that I saw that infomercial. I thought peaked, that piqued my interest. Of course, if you've ever seen a fix and flip infomercial, I think that it's it's definitely something that you take a couple, you take a second look at. So it was the guru and, and making money. And, and I thought it was interesting. Site. So I did a, a free one night seminar where they kind of taught you a couple things, but really it was a, it was a sales pitch for the weekend, for, for the weekend two day. And so it was $9.95 for the two day, the weekend two day. Uh, and so I put it on my credit card and I did the, the weekend two day. And that was really my my entrance to real estate so so you know we can kind of break down my experience through college and early experiences but long story short i did a couple fix and flips through college once i graduated i had the decision of either going out and getting a cpa license and kind of getting into investment banking and private equity and kind of in that world or just going and doing some real estate, just building up a fix and flip business, an empire, right? And and going that route. And so when I graduated, I decided that I wouldn't, I wouldn't get a job. And actually tying this back to Walmart distribution center, I, at that position, I worked from 2 p.m. to 2 a.m. on Saturday, Sunday, Monday. And and we we would we would swipe in at 2 p.m. right you swipe out at, i think our lunch was 7 30 uh p.m swipe out swipe back in everything was tracked so you wore a headset it tracked all your motion m- movements through the warehouse and it would time you so it would like give you it was all task based so you'd get a task it would time you how long it took you to do that task get a new task and then it would pre- percentage it would give you a percentage like are, are you being efficient enough and it was it was great. It was it was exercise. Like it was a nice big warehouse. I can be quiet. I can have a lot of energy at some time. So it's nice to just to just be able to be in my own headspace and just kind of do this. It was, it was a good summer job, but or I mean a, a good college job. But I just started really despising the fact that if I wanted to take a Sunday off, for example, to hang out with family and watch the Super Bowl, right? I would have to go against some type of vacation allocation. If I was sick, I had certain allocation of how much time I could be sick. And I actually just started to grow to despise that feeling that I have to show up at, at this time. And, and I just thought, man, I, I want to decide when I show up. Like, and, and the only way to really do that uh, successfully is to be a business owner, is to go out make your own make make your own plans be accountable to yourself decide when when you show up and and so it's actually through that through that position at Walmart that I really started considering how how do I control my own time how do I never have to worry about vacation allocation vacation days and sick days and that's really what I what I got fanatic and and of course real estate doing fix and flips that kind of fit into that equation. I could visualize where, yeah, I, I could have some more control over my time. And so that's kind of how everything came together in, in my decision to ultimately start doing uh, fix and flips full time when I graduated college in 2012. That's great. Cause you, you learned that really quickly that you don't want to be 
you don't want to be in a W-2 and have someone else control your full time and you want to have control of your own time. So that's great that you learned that really early on. I know a lot of people want to, or a lot of people wish that they had learned that earlier on yeah. and started early in real estate. I, I think, yeah, if, if you're in college and you have your Saturday, Sundays blocked out, you very quickly start learning, man, this sucks uh, to not, <laughs> can I work Monday and Tuesday this week and just have my weekend this one, this one time? No, it's not possible. Right? So yeah, it's, it, it probably didn't take too long before I was thinking, man, I can't wait for to have this flexibility. How did you find out about multifamilies after then and transitions to the multifamily space? Yeah, so in, in 2016, I was listening to podcasts. I, I just was searching real estate podcasts and, and I saw this podcast about multifamily real estate and I started listening into it. I quite honestly had never met anyone investing in multifamily. Maybe I had brushed shoulders with people at events who did that, but it was a different world. I'm in single family homes doing fix and flips and single family rentals. Multifamily, you're talking about millions of dollars of, of property, big loans. That's just, I thought that's not me now, maybe in the future. It's, it's a future step. Like as we, as we grow, we'll be growing into that realm. And so quite honestly, I was start, started listening to the pod, multifamily podcast thinking, let me start getting some foundational things in place. This is, this is kind of a stepping stone for us. Maybe it, maybe and I was thinking within, within years, maybe within the next five years, we'll, we'll be at this level. And I think I'd been listening to the podcast for a few months. And the host, it was actually Rod Cleef, Lifetime Cashflow Podcast. He was offering a free call where you could, you could actually go schedule a call and, and he would, he would uh, have like a 10 minute call with you. And, and so uh, I, I took him up on it. I scheduled a call. And at the time I was, I was doing buy and hold single family homes. And I was doing that with investors. So I would bring investors in. I was uh, north of 100 that I owned at the time uh, with investors. Uh, on average, I would keep about 30% ownership of the properties. But my investors would fund, would fund the deals. And so I, I could scale. And I was thinking my goal at that time was to get to 1,000 single family home rentals with that model. And so I was sharing that model with, with Rod. And anyone who knows Rod's story, he also started with single family homes, also had a big portfolio that he lost in, in the Great Recession. And so he was, he was pretty adamant saying that, uh, he basically said, you're wasting your time. You're going, I think, word for word, you're going brain dead with the single family homes. And I was thinking, like, this is pretty cool. I have... I feel successful. I feel like I'm doing something unique and, and cool. But Rod said, you're, you're, you're wasting your time. You're going brain dead. You owning 100 single family homes and all of your experience, you have more than enough competency and knowledge to go out and buy multifamily. You just need to go do it. You have all the, you have all the building blocks um, in place to do that. And so... So I went out and, and looked for an apartment and within, I got very lucky. I had 
I had, I had known an apartment in a neighborhood that we were buying single family homes in. I drove driven by it a lot. It was, it was mismanaged, just kind of really an eyesore. And so I had thought about that property and it just so happened that the owner was thinking about selling. And so it was perfect timing. And so it was a 46 unit multifamily, 46 unit apartment with the, with the single family homes. Like we're talking about this transition from single family homes to multifamily. With single family homes, I didn't use debt. So I just went all cash on these properties. We were able to get seven to 9% yields. And I just, if I didn't have to put a loan on it, I didn't want to. And, and also single family home debt isn't great. Like you really have to work hard to get some decent terms and it doesn't, you don't really scale single family home. It's great for a primary residency. Maybe for your first investment property or two, you could talk a lender into some good terms, but but at scale, it's difficult. And so debt was never a part of my business model. And so going into this first multifamily property, 46 units, certainly there was a big chunk, a big part of that was going to need to be a bank loan. And I actually remember thinking, being kind of intimidated by that fact. And so I just went to the seller and I told them, it was mismanaged. It was about 50% occupied. Uh, so it, it was not in good shape. And so I didn't even talk to a bank, but I just told the seller, Hey, I've talked to banks. There's no way no one's going to loan on this property because the occupancy and the work that needs to be done. So you're going to need to carry, you're going to need to carry 70% of the, of the purchase. And, and he, he agreed to that. And so that was my first First multifamily deal that was in early 2017, we actually closed. So we were under contract in 2016, rolled over into 2017. We closed in, I think, January or February of 2017. Wow. So how did you find out about the seller? How did you how did you make contact with him directly? So I Googled the property and then I noticed that it had an expired listing. And so I searched the the address that was listed with the entity so it was owned by some llc i searched the address was it was a it was a local address it was a collections business and so i called the collections business saying hey i noticed that the that this address is associated with this apartment i was actually looking to get in touch with the owner and, and so that's why i'm calling do, do you know how i can get in touch with the owner and the guy was like, yeah, I own it. And it's like, great. I'm very familiar with your property. I'm interested in buying it, actually. And he was actually using working with a broker at the time, which was a family member, one of his family members. And so he put me in touch. We, t- we chatted for just a few minutes, but he, but he put me in touch with his, with his relative, who was the broker, uh, to get more details. I just kept that relationship. So every time... I wanted had a question or or want to get in touch with him. Like after we, I went through the broker to do and schedule like our inspections, our initial walkthroughs, and then we actually drove over to the collections business. It was was local in town, so we drove over there with a little thank you note and and just to get some FaceTime with with the owner. And so we knocked. Hey, we just toured the property. Just wanted to say, you know, thanks, thanks, thanks a lot. Here's the thank you. And he invited us in. We sat down in his office and he just just talked for like an hour uh, about how he's wanting to focus on his collections business and how he's getting out of these holdings and 
And I think that was a big, something that really helped when it came to asking or telling him that he's going to have to carry a note is that we had that ability to connect and kind of develop that relationship a bit. And so you got your first apartments in 2017. So since then, how have you been able to scale up your business to over $4 million today? Yeah, it, it really... So we start with that 46 unit. Our next property that we purchased was a 50 unit and a couple 80 units and 136 unit, close 156 unit at the end of last year. But really... In terms of being able to scale up, there's there's operational needs. So what we did early on is find a really good... So I, I don't enjoy and don't like spending my time doing property management and operational things related to properties, but it's a very important pillar of owning investment properties is being able to manage them. So so we, we had hired on a property manager who who is actually a regional manager before we brought her on board. Uh, she's actually now uh, a partner in the business is, is a really important part to, to our model. So, so one part of being able to scale up, I think is fulfilling these pillars or these needs and, and, and kind of how I visualize that as such the operational pillar. So who's going to be, who's going to be responsible for day-to-day operations, everything from typical property management things through and through to insurance and and different different policies. So the operational pillar, then there's the finance side of things, which is which is of which is kind of twofold. One is bank or, or debt financing, the other is equity financing. So so investor relations getting more investors, making sure we have good relationships with banks who, who will loan on, on our properties, and then and then acquisitions. So making sure that we're out there doing things that other people aren't doing, getting ahead of ahead of brokers, ahead of other people on certain on deals. And we always took the approach of going direct to uh, direct owner. So we have very very elaborate system where we do a lot of cold calling. We do a lot of data uh, aggregation and searching to for for different ways to get in touch with with owners. So I think those are those are really key parts. We definitely leverage technology. So we do all of our capital raising online. For example, we have a website that that focuses on the investor, like if, if someone is coming to our website, maybe they heard from us from a from a colleague or, or a friend, we want to make sure our website captures their attention, speaks to them directly, and has call to actions. So a lot of people I think might not have that in place where they're not they're not able to fully capitalize on what they're doing because as their investors talk to their networks, the there's no it's difficult for their network to then go home and say, oh, someone had mentioned that they invested and let me Google that company. Like, do you show up? Is it a website? Like, can that person now learn more? Can they take kind of take the initiative to sign up with you? So that that's been a big, 
a big part of of growing our investors, our investor base as well. So so yeah, I think it really comes down to having the key people on board, understanding understanding these pillars and making sure that that someone is is owning and, and really pushing, driving those those forward. And and I'm always a deal by deal guy from my first fix and flips and wholesale deals. I really just take it deal deal by deal and and just try to stay focused on those big picture fundamentals and and make sure that we have that we're moving all forward on on in in the right direction. So you mentioned about technology. So one of the tool that you created along your real estate journey is the Syndication Pro. Uh, what was the motivation to create such a tool? And will you be able to give our listener a little bit, a little bit of an overview? of the application itself? Yeah. So what happened is I, back in 2013, 2014, I saw the, the very first real estate crowd, crowdfunding sites come online. And I thought that that concept of investors being able to view deals and invest in deals directly online was something that I wanted to implement in my business. I wanted my website to be a tool for me to be able to attract investors, have them register and actually raise capital right there on my site. I didn't, I didn't want to be making all these calls and, and having all the, all these individual meetings. It, you can be very successful doing that. It's just kind of not what I wanted. And so with Holdfolio, my real estate company, we built out our website to do that. So in, in 2014, 2015, when we started doing our first deals, we did those through our website. And so our investors from day one could create accounts. They could view our deals. They could invest with us right through our website. We could provide updates uh, through the website and kind of help manage those relationships. And so what happened is that, number one, it was built out for for my own needs, for my real estate company as, as an edge, as a way to create better systems and just and just be differentiated. And then I had colleagues asking me, other real estate colleagues, other real estate firms asking me how to replicate what I had built with Holdfolio. And so this really started in 2015, 2016, 2017. And I, I kept having people ask me how, how to replicate what, we, what we're doing. And I didn't have a good answer because I had spent so much time and money building out Holdfolio with with the with the engineering team way way more time and money than I had ever thought of initially to make that happen and so I couldn't recommend that someone go do that number one I couldn't just say oh here's a copy of my code and just just give it just give a give away the site so I thought so actually what happened is in 2017. I heard of an investor management software and it had an investor portal. And so I went ahead and at that time I was thinking this might be a good, a good time to go ahead and step away from what we've built and get into the kind of this more institutional professional software. This might be the next step for us to continue scaling. It might be a good strategic move. And so I ended up doing a demo and it was an hour long demo and I remember thinking that, man, this, this, it doesn't look good. It's, it's not, it doesn't seem easy to use because after an hour of demoing this, 
Like, I still don't know if I completely grasp what's going on. There's still like a lot of buttons I see that I have no idea what they're, what they're for. A lot of terminology that I've just never heard of. Didn't look good. It felt bulky and complicated. And, and it was also really expensive. And so it was actually after that demo, I kind of took this, I kind of sat back for a second and said, man, what, what I built with Holdfolio, I think it, I think it's a lot better on in many ways. And so I, so I was thinking if there's other people looking for this service and this is what their option is, uh, I think, I think we could do better. And so I went to the owner of the web development company that I was using for years as named Amit. And I said, Hey, Amit, I, I think number one, I have some friends and colleagues asking how to replicate Holdfolio what we built here. Number two, I just demoed the best alternative, the best investor portal, the best investment manager software. And, and I shared my findings, like exactly what I said. I said, I think, I think we could, what we built, I think is very competitive. And I think that I have, we could make a business of it. I think there'd be a lot of people interested in it. And so that's what we did. We, we, we launched a MVP. It took about three or four months. We signed on a handful of my colleagues, people who had been asking, asking about that. And, and then that grew word of mouth. So our MVP started growing. Like we had, had some more signups. And, and so we basically, basically confirmed that there was this need, that there was demand. And so we doubled down and, and created Syndication Pro, hired a, hired a big team of developers and engineers and designers. And, and that's just been off to the races. But, but what it does is it's really, it's really just an amazing infrastructure for, for anyone raising capital for projects. So mostly it's real estate firms using it, but, but you, you could raise venture capital for your business use that infrastructure but for the most part it's real estate and there's a lot of there's a lot of built in things from being able to capture leads on your website for example having a registration process having a CRM that's tailored for capital raising so it has like it helps you manage relationships helps you manage who's accredited and and notes and email sync and all these CRM basic all these CRM functions functions that that you get so and, and so much more right you're, you're able to actually post your deals and and accept investments provide a really great service to your investors so it it's a great infrastructure to save a ton of time raise more capital because of the infrastructure you have in place be able to set set a better tone and better brand image and 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 really just across the board, it, it's it's a foundation for anyone raising capital for real estate deals. I saw the demo last week and it seems very easy to use and very streamlined the entire process for all the real estate syndicators and not just syndicators for managing the business in general, like you mentioned. Yeah. If someone wanted to use the Syndication Pro, how do they proceed in contacting your firms and what pricing are they expecting? Yeah, so syndicationpro.com is, it would be the, would be step one. So we have a lot of explanations on the features and the benefits. You'll see the ability to schedule a demo on there. You'll see even the ability to start a trial. 
So if you, if you want to just start a trial and start using it and just feel hands-on, you can do that. And our pricing is pretty simple. We have, we have two options. You can pay monthly. So you can pay month, month to month. It's $95 uh, base fee. And then you pay $100 per offering that, that you're managing per month. Uh, alternatively, you can subscribe to our annual plan, which is $6,000 for the year. And that includes unlimited offerings. We don't count your investors or contacts or there's mass email built in. We don't count how many emails you can send. So, so it's kind of all, all open for you. But that, that's our pricing. So you already did the fix and flip, wholesaling, and now jump into the multifamily space and you own a software company. So what is next for you? I think what's next is to continue to build the real estate holdings. So that what I found with real estate is that it's not really a get rich quick schemes, right? And, and I think real estate a lot of times is, is in that realm of, get in, make big bucks and, and do it quickly. I, I don't feel that way about real estate. I think, I think if you keep your head down and work at it, then in five years or 10 years, you can look back and really have done a lot, but it takes time. Like if, if you're working really hard and one year in, you turn around, you, you might not have a lot to show that two years in, you might turn around have a little bit more, but still like, man, I've been working for two years on this what what's going to give uh, i think it's more like five five year and and beyond is really when you start start building so for me i'm going to continue to to whittle away at my real estate portfolio continue to add holdings continue to focus on that syndication pro is has been a blast it's it's a completely different business model it's software it's more scalable it's it's a, it's a product that people are using so there's different kind of intrinsic value propositions that that are involved so it's, it's really fun continue to focus on i'm a product guy so i focus on the product I, i'm honestly not a salesperson i just want to build the best tools the best infrastructure for my own business and also for other people's businesses so i really enjoy doing that so i really want to continue to build a product that is just leaps and bounds ahead of anything else out there just the number one software for real estate firms. And so we'll continue to do that. And, and then I have other businesses, other, other ideas. I want to continue to build businesses to create wealth, of course, and provide value, value to others. And I think we're doing that with the real estate company, with the software company. But, but there's certainly other, other businesses that I think over the next few years also be getting, getting going and, and managing. Since you started your real estate career, how has your real estate investing impacted your life so far? Yeah, that from early on, it got me out of my hourly controlled job. So it gave me, it gave me some amount of freedom in time. And as I've been able to scale that, especially now at scale with over 1500 units, and a team and it's it's really recurring revenue recurring income and and you hear a lot where people are looking for that passive income or that passive income stream and so so what it's given me at this point is basically that financial freedom to know that i have income streams coming in month over month 
So as long as as long as we're diligent from our management perspective and taking care of taking care of our residents and and being hands on and and careful with our with our management, then then we're in a pretty good spot. Month over month, we'll have our revenues. We're cash flow positive for sure. So so that's a great that's a great place to be in. And so I think that affords affords me the ability to stay creative, start a software company, for example, and and just just also have uh, control over my time. You know, we, I have a ten month old at home. My first my firstborn and. We were at home with her for the first six months. I basically, the first three months, I was, you know, I was present basically on leave, just maintenancing you know, an hour a day or so on, on email, just making sure that things are taken care of. And then the next three months uh, was more kind of a part time, a few hours a day, but really spending more time. So I think that also has afforded me the ability to just be there more with, with my family. It's, it's tough with the pandemic, not being able to travel, not being able to see a lot of people. So that's been tough. But, but yeah, I, I think it's really just from a financial and a time perspective. I think that's what real estate has done for me. What is one thing that you know now about real estate that you wish you knew when you first started? It's a great question. I, I think that I wish that I had initially realized that real estate is a very collaborative sport. Uh, it's it's a team sport, right? There's you, you don't need to be doing everything yourself. There's a lot of ways to partner with other people. And so the reason I say that is because a couple of my early first deals weren't successful. And I I was taking I was taking an approach where I was just trying to do everything myself and I was new and I was novice and I I just it, there's so so much risk in that when you're just out there doing it yourself because you you haven't been through the cycles and you haven't been through a deal and you haven't worked with contractors and so if I had known early on that hey if I if I focus on finding a good fix and flip deal I could take it to some people already doing fix and flips and we could partner on it you know I could I could leverage their experience and their track record of successfully doing these things and maybe I could I could offset risk and 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 avoid the potential pitfalls and, and of of doing things incorrectly. So I think anyone starting out getting started and even even moving up laterals. We we took down a 420 unit deal that was with another company, right? I I didn't feel like we were at a place where we could just go and take down three 400 unit deal. We didn't have enough we didn't have enough capital relationships. We didn't have enough financial uh, wherewithal. So instead, we partnered with another firm who was who was much bigger, much much longer track record. And so, I think uh, that's an important thing for anyone to consider is that you don't have to you don't have to do real estate alone. And in fact, there's a lot of a lot of good that comes from getting other people involved in your deals. So what is one thing that sets the successful people apart if they wanted to start in the real estate investing business now? I think right. I think right now and over the most recent couple of few years, it's certainly been a seller's market. So so in coming out of the Great Recession and in, in 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 2010, 11, 12, 13, it's really a heyday when it came to deals. If 
if you want, if you want to go find a deal, you don't, you don't have to work too hard. You had to go do some things, but you could find deals where most recently it's been harder. So I think what's separating people at this point in time is people who are just willing to go the extra mile, put in the extra effort, not get discouraged. Maybe, maybe in 2012, you would get, you would get one deal out of every 10 that you tried. And so you had to put up with nine rejections for your, for your one deal. Maybe now it's, it's one in 50, maybe. So you've got to have some thicker skin. You've got to be more determined. You've got to uh, be willing to just put in that extra bit. So that's probably what's separating people at this point. So what tool or techniques have you used to improve the efficiency of your business or personal life? Yeah, there's a lot. And, and actually, I, I say that, but maybe there's not a lot. I'm, I'm a pretty simple person, quite honestly. I, I look for the one tool, right? I don't like using a lot of tools. So from our, from our property management perspective, it's good property management software. So, so we, use, we use Propertyware with RealPage. There's a few really good industry-leading uh, software. So if, if you are managing properties directly, leveraging some property management software to do that, uh, that that's a no-brainer. That's really going to create the foundation on that side. When it comes to our capital raising and, and our investors, it's Syndication Pro. We, we live and breathe in Syndication Pro. It, it, it really, that's our foundation for success there. So that, that's an amazing tool. And then when it comes to personal or, or additional tools, I we use we use G Suite or Google Workspace as they're rebranding it. And so some tools that I use, of course, outside of Sheets and Docs and just web-based apps is Google Tasks. So the tasks, if, if you use G Suite or, or Gmail, there's a little side pane that hang, hangs out there. There's a task manager. And so I create create different different groups of tasks. For example, Syndication Pro and Holdfolio. There's task group by business, and then I also have one called Today. And so each day I I review. I I get away from the inbox. I turn, get it out. I have a I have a tab called Go Get It, uh, and it is specifically for tasks and projects. So I kind of turn off the the inbox, but I'm looking at my tasks. I'm looking. Uh, and I'm trying to prioritize for today. I'm grabbing five to ten tasks out of my out of my out of my other list that I'm going to get done today or focus on, right? And so that's been a huge a, a huge tool to be able to to number one capture thoughts and to dos so that you're not carrying around this mental baggage, right? You need a place. It, there's an app on the phone for tasks. It's on the it's on the desktop. So you need a place where you can just throw throw it throw it in a list and not be kind of burdened mentally with with trying to juggle all these things, and then being able to manage those daily those daily tasks that, that's helped a lot. And then I also use a Keep Google Keep. It's just a note. It's just a notepad, and so that that's been really helpful, primarily because I have a one one of the notes I call it a hot sheet. But it basically it has has my highest value activity. So, like what what handful of things are pushing my businesses for that I need to focus on on a day to day basis? Because you can get you can get into the weeds and in the minutia of the day and 
and just be busy all day, but not take steps to actually move your businesses forward or, or move you forward. So I keep track of what those highest value activities are. I, I keep track of some, some uh, KPIs, key, key performance indicators that, that, I should be, that I should be tracking. And then I have a, a grateful list. So, so I try to look at this daily, but it's a list of everything I'm grateful for. Uh, I'll add to it, adjust it as I review it. Uh, I have long-term goals, short-term goals. I have some reminders of, of like leadership skills and, and some of my strengths and some of my, my kind of workplace and character strengths. There's value, value propositions for my businesses. For example, why, why do I own and manage Holdfolio, right? What, what, is it, what is it serving to people? And so I find, I find that it's helpful to, to keep that in mind and remind myself of what we're doing and why and, and what impact we're having. So I keep track of those, those statements. And, and so really, it's the idea is to kind of have a place where you can... There's, there's some affirmations in there as well, but, but really have a place where you can kind of be grounded, recentered, focused. And, and so that's what I find really helps me. Thank you, Jacob, for joining us on the calls today and talk to us about your real estate journey, syndication pros, and also share your tools and techniques and your wisdom with us and our listeners. We will learn a lot from you. So if our listeners wanted to learn more about you and your company, where can they go? So you can go to syndicationpro.com or holdfolio.com. There's about, about us pages on, on, either, on either site about those businesses. You can learn more about the businesses. My uh, cell phone and email are actually on both of those sites. So if you do want to drop me an email, feel free to do that more than, more than happy. But, but yeah, this, this, has been a, this has been a pleasure. Thank you so much. I hope that the listeners out there have been able to get down a nugget or two, something that will, will help them move forward. And thank you for listening to our podcast today, brought to you by Bonavis Capital. We would really appreciate it if you can go to iTunes right now and leave a rating and written review. Also, please don't forget to subscribe so you can always get the latest episodes. You can also connect with us on Facebook, How Did They Do It Real Estate? We'd love to hear your feedback and any topics that you're interested in for future episodes. Lastly, to learn more about us, you can go to bonifacecapital.com and fill out the contact us page so you can speak to us directly. Nothing on the show should be considered as specific personal advice. Please consult your legal, tax, and real estate professionals for individualized advice.